Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Folks, welcome to the show. The Saturday session is here. Your week is now complete. You are welcome. Daniel. Grant. <laughs> Grant. Grant. I, you know what I'm really struggling with? Is apparently we're getting that singer or the artist or whatever you call it on the show. And I'm still trying about? to think what, are we gonna what my questions are to yeah. Can Can you write a song with Saturday in it for us? Or session? Yeah. Or Saturday session. Can you try and double barrel up your songs? Wow. Yeah, hyphenated names might be tricky for him. Yeah, I think that we need to give him a little bit of a contest. And we did say that if you text in your name, we would play a song for you last week. And we did. We had John from Tamuka. Yeah, that's right, we did. T- no, Jim. It was Jim. Jim. First Jim. one to text in was Jim. He was uh, itchy trigger finger. He was ready to go. It, it came to, came in almost before I'd, I'd finished the sentence. We blessed him. Yeah, so so well done to you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome into the show, uh, the Saturday session, that is. We've been on air for an hour. If you're just tuning in, where the bloody hell have you been? Uh, you've missed out on the Reese Super Rugby fan show where Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall lost their collective minds, didn't they, Ben Francis? Good morning to you, producer extraordinaire. He fell off his chair. He fell off his chair during that tipping segment. How can he fall off his chair when he supports the Warriors every weekend, like me? You know, the fact that we went for the Highlanders, or I went for the Highlanders, just because I thought, well, I'd be an outsider, and then suddenly, Justin Marshall, I mean, that's the big one. We've got an expert on the show who's gone, I'm going to go for the Highlanders against the Blues. Yeah, that stunned, that stunned me. That did stun me. Uh, we talked about uh, the Blues not having Dalton Papali'i. Just a, sl- uh, a small update, thanks to uh, the New Zealand Herald's uh, Liam Napier, who's tweeted, latest update is Papali'i has had keyhole surgery. Say where, I guess that's the knee. Yeah, probably a key bit of information. Or, or immature people like me were thinking, well, there's a lot of keyholes in my body. Uh, hopefully, they've looked after the right one. Uh, latest update is Papali has had keyhole surgery and prognosis not as bad as first feared, but he's still expected to miss the remainder of Super Rugby and a tight turnaround to be fit for the uh, the first test against Ireland. There you go. Yeah, that's a big loss. It's a big loss, but key, keyhole surgery can just be a clean out as well. Not necessarily anything reconstructive, I guess. Of the knee. Yeah. It might just be a clean out. 
I don't know. I'm not a doctor. You're looking. Oh no, but you, I'm looking at oh, someone no, who's but, covered in but, coffee. Yeah, but you, uh, you're looking at me as if you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, our lines are open, 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight to double three. Welcome aboard the Saturday session. We never really know where the show goes. Uh, we tend to book some guests um, and uh, see uh, where it takes us. Uh, tell us on the tractor. Another chance for us uh, to polish up on our um, uh, regional skills, uh, we might say, um, as we prepare for um, our life after this radio show. Yeah. and um, Which can't be too far away now. Um mm-hmm. It's a big it's guest, though, isn't it? It's a big guest. This is someone, a big guest. Someone who knows about the transition of of going to work our land. Who is he? Yeah, people's champion. Someone who you listen to, Delta Tones, every morning. Israel Dag. Excellent. I look forward to speaking to him about life uh, on the land and also some footy. Well, I mean, it is fascinating because uh, both him and now the coach of England, uh, Brendan McCullum, they used to have a sh- uh, part segment on their show. And it was called Country Clueless. So where people used to text in and they used to ask questions about how to do X, Y, and Z on their farms. Yeah, and we're just clueless. So um fits perfectly. So we, we do that once a month. We'll do that later today. Uh, what we have been doing over the last two or three months, um, speaking to some outstanding athletes across a, a wide spectrum of sports, looking not only at individual uh, careers, but also performances of certain teams uh, during certain seasons or campaigns. We lifted the lid on the Warriors, uh, making the grand final with Kevin Campion. What a brilliant shot that was. Paul Eiffel a few weeks ago talked us through some of the Wellington Phoenix playoff runs. Well, we're going to uh, catch up with a man um, who was uh, firmly right up top, quite literally right up top, uh, for a New Zealand cricket side who had success in England in 1999. I think just the New Zealand's second New Zealand side to win a Test Series in England. We're going to talk about that series in 1999. Um, all started off with a win at Lords. Now, didn't it? Uh, I think the second test after going down to England in the first test, New Zealand coming from behind and winning that series by two matches to one. They could have arguably actually won that series 4-0. Uh, we're going to catch up with um, Matthew Bell, who played in three of the four tests. Scored some really uh, key runs, and I think topped the charts as far as uh, average was a concern. So I'm really looking forward to finding more out about that team. Yeah, Wellington stalwart and uh, international player Matthew Bell. Might remember him from his... Uh Awkward stance against Pakistan. Quirks, some quirks. Yeah, quirky stance. Um, but also, magnificent player, outstanding record, and he hit the winning runs at Lord. So, just the, f- I guess it'd be nice for our listeners to ask questions about what it feels like to be at Lords. I've played there, but, you know, in a test match, I haven't played there. And it's amazing, not only the lunches, but to hit the winning runs against England at Lords. Hopefully, we can see something like that repeated in, in this test series um, that we currently have. And we'd love to get your comments on the cricket. Of course, SENZ does have uh, commentary of this test series. Wonderful to have the crew at uh, Lords, the home of cricket, pumping through our airwaves uh, around New Zealand. And boy, oh boy, there's so much to discuss. I, I, I must admit, when I went to bed last night, I was not expecting to wake up this happy. Um, I, I was actually wondering if the game would be over. Uh, but extraordinary opening day with 17 wickets falling, uh, which probably shouldn't surprise us considering over the last four or five years, I think on average there's been about 14 wickets a day on the first day of tests at Lords. But it looked like a bat first wicket, didn't it? Grant, oh. sort of sagging through to the keeper, but 17 wickets on day one. Can you explain that? There's, there's so many um, theories. Everyone says, oh, look up, not down, you know. I remember someone gave Brendan McCullum that tip when we got dismissed for 45 at uh, Newlands. 
said, look up, not down. It was a green pitch, but because it was nice weather, you have a bat. And we're dismissed for 45. And sometimes it just nibbles enough, and I don't think it was swing. So there wasn't swing Sorry. on offer, but it was more seam. And you saw that from um, Anderson's first delivery to Latham. It's, it seemed a mile. Um, and they got it in the right areas, and we were chatting off air. But I think, bang on what you said, is we played at balls we didn't have to play at. And that's what seam bowling does. Do you know what it struck me? Like, we're not prepared. We're not prepared for the first test. And you know what? This is, this is a problem cricket has. And, and we see why so many home sides do well. A lot of, a lot of visiting teams go un, undercooked, don't they? And, and that's how I felt about the New Zealand batting effort. Yeah, there are. I mean, Lords obviously and it's has little the things. Slope. It's like, yeah, just following balls you don't need to because you've had probably a steady diet of white ball cricket. You haven't had a lot of time on the ground. You're just not ready to go. It would be very interesting to, to know the balls that we fended at on fifth stump because when South Africa came here, and that's probably, um, you know, backs up your point, South Africa came here first test, every single dismissal was not hitting the stumps. So it could have potentially been leave balls. They adapted, won the second test. But the slope comes into play at Lords. So there's a lot of talk that goes into the slope of the wicket. So if the slope is sloping in, and you've got a bowler that could potentially seam the ball back at you, suddenly you start playing at fifth stump and nicking it. We've seen both Will Young's dismissals, playing at balls maybe he didn't have to play. Kane Williamson, same thing, although he, he got a decent-ish nut in the first innings. Um, and I think it, it does probably you know illustrate that they need those warm-up games. They used to play counties, and we're going to hear from Matthew Bell later on. But I think they'd had 13 first-class games on that tour. Did they? 13. I think absurd. Four test matches in 1999. Yeah. Oh, how times have changed. Less this is three. And it gives the opposing team a huge opportunity to, to roll the, um, the home team. Whereas teams land in New Zealand, they look at the Basin Reserve pitch, and I think we should start every test match at the Basin Reserve for our opposition. It's the weather, the wind, green, green pitch. Um, and in some cases, the pitch, the length of the grass and the pitch is more than the outfield, which is, you know, I think it was 17 mils on the pitch and 12 on the outfield. Last time we looked at it, and I had Otis Gibson messaging me going, does the pitch always look like this? Yeah, yeah, it always, it always does. It never plays quite like that. Love to get your reaction. 0800 150 or text us double eight double three. I'd like to know how you were feeling about our New Zealand test team, considering uh, uh, what we described a disappointing home summer with losses to Bangladesh and then that losing the chance to win the series against South Africa, which of course has uh, you know, been hard to come for New Zealand, beating South Africa. I'd like to know what um, our thoughts of our test team were at 25, what was it, 27 for 5? and I went to bed 36 at 16 for 4. I'm sure there was a mm. bit of anger and frustration. Yeah, I went to bed at 16 for 4. And I, the, the question I guess you're asking as well is, are we really the world test champion team that is currently holding the mace. Do we? Do I, I did hear that we are current world test champions. We, we definitely are, are, but we had to hand the mace back, I think, at Lords. So the, the mace is no longer with us. I'm sure, we're going to get our hands back on the mace. No. Well, are we? Are we? Are we the team that won the mace? Are we? Well, a series win in England would uh, certainly help. Love to get your thoughts on 0800 150 Love to get your thoughts on what you were thinking of the side after they bowled out for 132. And uh, England were just uh, humming along at, what, 75 for one, I think it was. 
Yeah. Brendan McCullum, uh, can instill a new attitude um, and tell them to be, a, um, you know, play positive cricket. But it's going to take a while to remove the English DNA. Dan, Another batting collapse. Dan, they had, they had a moment, England, where they could have absolutely put New Zealand on the back foot. And that was before they lost three wickets um, on the first day um, in the space of five overs. So they were four down for 100. They were 92 for none. And it ended up being 116 for seven. So that was a moment in the game that they'll look at and go, we had an opportunity and we missed out. But that's why New Zealand team is so good. They keep fighting. They keep, um, they, they've got an ability to get out of difficult positions. Yeah. And they know how to do it because they've got the experience in the team. They've got players that have played for a, a long period of time. They don't panic. Exactly. They know what they need to do. Whereas England, on the other side, their combinations haven't been as consistent as the Black Caps. It was, it was like when my phone blew up uh, when we won the toss. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's England this time of year. We're going to bowl first. Let's wait. Let's, let's see both teams bat. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, it wasn't a bad toss at all um, to win and to decide to bat. G'day, Bruce. Thanks for calling in. You are with uh, SCNZ. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, when that fourth wicket went down, I hope you didn't spill your Heineken or your coffee. Um, when you were watching that. <laughs> no, the water uh, might I, have um, been thrown across the room, though. It could have been, or the remote. Um, it's the dreaded DDB. That, that's what the issue is, the DDB. The dreaded Duke ball. We, um, yeah, no, Bruce, there was a... Sorry, there, there was a lot of conversations going on before, prior to the test, where James Anderson said that the Duke ball was too soft and wasn't performing at county um, cricket. So I know that they were looking for really hard Duke balls to try and make it difficult for the New Zealand batters. But, yeah, carry on. I was... Um, look, you, you mentioned it before um, about the lack of preparation, and that, that is part of it, I, you know. A third of the team's been away playing short ball cricket on a on a dead pitch, and they get hit fours and sixes everywhere, and it's completely different. The um, the whole preparation for the test is obviously, you know, it's a shame we can't go over there with more preparation. Um, but I, I, I was actually very. Yeah, it's not. It's not changing. It's not changing, Bruce. You and I can lament it. Talk about the good old days. Uh, I think mm. there's an element of truth. Why? If you look at every decade, the winning percentage for teams at home in Test cricket is just going up and up and up. And I think this is it, it is a rare, it is a big reason. It's just not going to change, is it, Bruce? Money talks. No, no. Why? Why would you have batted batted first? I, I still shake my head. I can't believe we actually let uh, Anderson and Co into the game by letting them uh, have a go at Lords on day one. It always offers. It always offers something. Um, I, I would have let them lament and sit nervously in the changing room and, and had them out there batting. That, that I, to start with, um, it wouldn't have, the, the pitch is not going to break down on day four and five if they even get a bat on it. So that's the first question. I'm just quite amazed. Oh, okay, so you've had a bit of a roller coaster of a couple of nights, Bruce. Uh, you're obviously a bit aggrieved at the toss. You're probably cursing when they are four down for nothing. Uh, only post that, you know, pr- pretty pedestrian score of 100 and what was 132. England on top early in their innings. They crumble at 141. And when Conway gets caught down the leg side, I think he gloved it trying to pull. He's only at 56 mm-hmm. for four. 
Are you starting to write the obituary for the test match at that stage? Did, did you see what Mitchell and Blundell had for us? Did you see that coming? Well, I always had faith that um, one or one of them could could hang around and and put a reasonable score maybe on there, and and the pitch was going to uh, ease a bit, which it has. Um, to be honest, they only in the first innings, they, what New Zealand used up forty overs, so I thought, well. 40 overs is nothing. Can England make 120? Uh, and that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, it's game on and good on them. They've, they're in a very good position. Um, and it's not the English uh, fan club. It's not going to be a quick turnaround for their team to, uh, you know, suddenly become winners. It's a, it's a trend. It's a habit you have to build into. So... I think they'll get the job done as long as they're allowed to play. Okay, what, oh. num- what number are you comfortable with, Bruce, as far as setting England a target? I think the lead is 227. What, what, what's going to have you go to bed comfortable? Oh, high 280s. 285, 290. Okay, 285. I thought you would have been greedy and gone for 480. Yeah, no, no okay. I, I really enjoy this conversation, Bruce. I think one of the deciding factors, I think, with our team and the, what you're talking about is the fact that Trent Bolt is playing. That was always a question mark coming from the IPL. So the fact that he was there, you've got Southie and, and Bolt, I think makes a huge difference to the New Zealand team going into the final yeah. sort of hours of this test. Good on you, Bruce. Thanks so much for calling in. We can uh, hopefully chat again in the weeks to come as the series rolls on. Thanks so much, Bruce. Very kind of you to say. Our number is 0800 150 uh, We will take a break. Our opening gambit a little bit longer. It's always great when people uh, call in and offer uh, their opinion uh, and their thoughts. We love uh, discussing uh, things with you, the SCNZ uh, audience. Uh, great to get our listeners' participation. Uh, keep your text firing uh, through on double eight. Double three. We will take a short break. Uh, we'll get to uh, editor-at-large shortly, but Israel Dag's also joining us. Tales from the tractor, not too far away. Stay with us. Plenty uh, to come, including our feature, um, our Saturday session legend segment at quarter past 12. Uh, we go into the hood of the uh, famous 1999 New Zealand tour to England, which New Zealand uh, won a series over there 2-1, including winning at the home of Cricket Lords, which, of course, the current test has been played at. Back after this break, it is 17 away uh, 17 after 11, rather. At 11 o'clock, our uh, producer, Ben Francis, uh, likes to put us in very uncomfortable positions. Hence why another episode of Tales from the Tractor. Uh, this week, as two city slickers try to figure out, uh, you know, their next life after, no doubt, we get canned from SNZ probably in the next few weeks, right? That's what we're expecting, Grant. It's a good chance. Yeah, uh, a good and chance. we're basically auditioning live uh, for, for jobs. Uh, we're going to catch up with a man who's, you know, reasonably well known to the New Zealand sporting community and, of course, this very station, uh, Grant. Well, we do have, uh, I would say, this could be one of our biggest guests um, no, of the all biggest. time. The biggest. The biggest guest. That we've had on ACNZ. I've been on their show once or twice. Um, I've, I've made a little bit of a, an entrance. But we are really excited to speak to probably the big gun from our breakfast show. Oh, he's the new captain, right? Yeah, the new skipper. He was handed the sleeve when Brendan McCallum became England coach. And Ran now away. He's, he's wearing the sleeve for SCNZ and currently on his tractor at the moment, or digger. I think. Israel Dag, are you there? Are you on a digger? Oh, I am here, lads. How are you? I'm on the digger. Well, good, I'm brother. Be sitting if I joined the show on the digger, seeing it's a farming segment, how good? I've just, yeah, I've made it What all are you out. doing on the digger? Daggy's digger. Uh, Is it called Daggy? Uh, Daggy the digger? <laughs> Daggy the digger, mate. Daggy out, outdoors with Daggy. 
Look, this is, um, I've just got a little situation. I'm trying to do a little orchard and I've kind of leveled it poorly. So I've just got to put some more soil to uh, cover the top and then we can plant some trees. But, um, mate, let's be honest, I'm just popping around. I'm not really doing much. A little orchard? What are you going to put on there? Ah, uh, whatever can grow in the South Island, really. It's um, she's pretty cold, so I'm just yeah, maybe some feijoa trees, maybe an apple tree if they mm. can take off down here. Just whatever. My wife's got a bit of a um, a greenhouse down there, so we grow a lot of cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuces. You know, like what the supermarket prices, everything's getting ridiculous. So we're trying to be self-sufficient and, and have a little green, a greenhouse and we've got to get a little orchard. I've got six cows out there and they're a nightmare. Don't get started on them. But just trying to um, just cater full bases being inflation just ruining everything. <laughs> I, I've just got visions of you walking around with a knitted jersey. It's, I don't know, remember if you remember the sitcom from the 70s, The Good Life. Remember that? The Good Life. That, that's, what, that's what you reminded me of for some reason, is he? Yeah, do you know what I'm walking around in, Liz? So yesterday I had surgery on my foot. I got two screws taken out of my foot yesterday. I thought it was only a minor, but I actually went under and uh, I was a bit, bit dizzy afterwards. So I can only put one red band on and then I've got one jandal. I'll send a photo of you so you can chuck it up and have a wee look. I've got one red band and, and, a, and a puffed up foot with a jandal. <laughs> now, hey, Izzy, surely there's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, you're walking around with one jandal and one boot, but there must be a lot of pressure on you and eyes on you with all your neighbours. Checking out what Izzy's oh. doing on his farm with his digger. Do you put up those big screens oh. like Shag did? Uh, uh, you know, during the All Black season, I don't want intruders looking over my fence. <laughs> no, I've got some really good neighbours. They're pretty handy, actually. They've all got all the tools and all the gadgets, so it's quite, it's quite good for me. I just pop over. I'm one of those neighbours, eh? Mate, can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? Um, Chancellor, have you got one of these? Yeah, my neighbour, he's got cranes too, so if I need a crane, I'll go get a crane, um... Now I'm just the one in the middle that's not even that handy, and I just set up to next door neighbours. They're actually good buggers. I live in between two blokes, and I've got young kids, so it's a cool little, cool little neighbourhood. But look, at the start, I didn't kind of think about it. When I bought ten acres, I was like, yes, I just want a bit of land, a bit of freedom. But wow, it is a bit of a nightmare. One of the things I didn't think about was water. Where's the water going to go when it floods down here? Because it's all bloody dirt and it can't sink and soak away. So I'm dealing with a lot of water uh, issues and um, fencing issues. Uh, what else we got? Uh, animal issues. Everything, mate. There's issues galore. Life sentence blocks. Don't get it. This is brilliant. This is Tales <laughs> from the Tractor, although it's Daggy's Digger uh, today. Israel Daggers with us. All in association with... Uh, uh, Midas Agritires, the choice of leading manufacturers, Midas Agritires, European quality, made affordable. Right, okay, um, you know, what advice would you give us, you know, a couple of city slickers looking at a new career down the line, um, you know, wh- you know what, what time do I have to start on the property? Can I, can I come in like a 15, 20 minutes late after I get a good flat white, you know, yeah, Wellington quality flat white? If you employed us, Daggy, yeah, uh, what yeah. time can we turn up? Yeah. I'll tell you what you do, boys. This is your number one. This is my one, one bit of advice I'm going to give you. You find a lady that is just real handy and just gets shit done. You just find one of them that's not too <laughs> naggy, not too naggy, and then you'll be like, yeah, yeah, babe, I'll do it later. I'll do it soon. I'll do it soon. But by the time it's soon, she's already gone and done that job. And then you just deal with the aftermath <laughs> for about 10 minutes, deal with the aftermath for about 10 minutes, and then you get around to it. Look, in all honesty, it is, it is fun. I've got six pairs out there. I've got a couple, yeah. Brilliant. But um, 
a little bit of livestock that is just keeping the grass down. I've got a bit of baleage made from um, from the hay. It is good fun, and uh, there's always something to do. So you can make it as hard or as easy as you want. The best thing about it, mate, if you don't know, someone else will know. You just might have to pay them a few bucks. That's, that's more than time what I do. <laughs> well, well, Izzy, Izzy we, um, I, I completely take that on board because I don't even know how to put up um, paintings and, and, and curtains. Oh, I don't have the confidence of doing that. You can't but, hang a painting. But what I do think Who doesn't I... know how to hang a painting? <laughs> oh, you I'm whack a nail and you put it on. Mm. I'm with you, no, Dad, mate. Oh, they've you know the out of the wall. You know yeah. the worst time I've ever... The worst thing I've ever felt, okay? This is a situation I, I dealt with one day. I come home. come home and I'm like, oh, my neighbour's here. What's my neighbour here? He's in my garage <laughs> putting up shelves in my garage. I'm like, and my wife, that's the situation. That's how unhandy I am. My wife's not even come up to me to ask me. So <laughs> the neighbours over at my house putting my shelves up. I felt like, oh. I felt less than a man. I already feel right now. So look, it, it's yeah, right. emasculated. Yeah, a little hurrier on my street does my lawns. Well, well is he? I feel we, so bad. It's like I'll leave. My lawn. <laughs> I know they're overgrown. I know. Please don't mow my. Oh, she's mowing my lawns again. I got to hand back my man card. I gotta, we're going to wrap this up. I want to pick his brain about some footy. You know, he's pretty good at footy. Is he? We've, yep. we've had a situation on the show. We've had a real situation. It's well, once Daniel McCarty spilt his coffee all over himself. He's got coffee stained coffee at the moment. Um, <laughs> awful. But what the situation we had, Highlanders Blues. Yeah. Uh, we had Justin yeah. Marshall on the show. I said, you know what? I'm going to go for the Highlanders. I believe in the romance of the underdog. And I thought they'd both go yeah. for the Blues. Justin Marshall went for the Highlanders. McCarty went sensible, went for the Blues. What do you think? Oh, look, I'm going for the Landers. I'm a fellow Landers oh. player. <laughs> oh, he, he, he did play for them, mate. Like, he played for them, right? He knows they're not going to win. But, but, look, it's going to be a tough ask. And I heard that even like that um, Aaron Smith out with a groin injury. That's a huge loss. But, you know, if Fakatawa can go in, he's very impactful off the bench. I find with Fakatawa, when the game's kind of open, that's where he has a real influence. If he's going to start this game, he really needs to take some control and um, kind of just, yeah, play a bit of a smart game. He's, He's very uh, impressive, and he, he can open the game up. But when the game's tight, particularly at the start, when you're trying to build phases and pressure, that's where I want to see Falao Fakatawa go, just really take control of a game. So it's huge loss if Maggie's not there, but if Fakatawa can step in, and they can, if they start really well, like final footy is about pressure. The Blues, yeah, they won the Trans-Tasman. They've won 13 straight. But that counts for nothing. Finals footy, there is no tomorrow. And scoreboard pressure, momentum, things like that. If the Hollands can really establish that early, they'll be uh, they'll be in with a good chance. If the Blues come out and just get on top of them straight away, it's going to be a long, long night. Look, this is the Blues to lose. I'll be honest. This is the Blues to lose. Um, mm. But, yeah, tonight will, tonight will be a real chance to see where they're really at. Well, Izzy, just pretend that you're on the phone for the next 30 minutes while Daisy gets out there on the digger and does the orchard for you. Um, Leave us it out. <laughs> fix, fixes you. Fixes you. Hey, it boys, sounds like you've laid lords. There's a slope on it. Crusade is on, boys. Crusade on, brothers. Crusade on. That's all that matters. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, thanks so thanks, much Izzy. for joining us, mate. I know you've had a busy week. Thanks so much. See you soon. Oh, all good, man. Cheers. Have a good day. Another exciting episode of uh, Tales... From the tractor. This time it was Daggy's Digger. Live from the Digger, Israel Dag. 
Armada's Agra tyres, made in Europe and trusted by leading equipment manufacturers worldwide. European quality doesn't have to break the bank. Ask for Midas Agra tyres for your equipment. Oh, I, Good fun to be around, isn't I it? I feel his pain. Like, I mean, what, in on his a, foot? Or? Well, just that. You've got one jand or one boot. You've got a digger and you, you're uh, growing an orchard. I mean, that is you way out pain. of my comfort zone. Oh, right, right. That is so far out of my comfort zone. Uh, I think I'd be in tears after the day. I wouldn't know what I'm doing. How do you get How do you get the, the digger through the gate at your house? <laughs> no, you chopper it in. Oh, you chopper it. Over it. the can't, moat. Can't, can't open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crocodiles, gated community. A few springbroks <laughs> roaming. True blue South African is mine. Oh, um, Stories in the, the studio. All right. This is the Saturday session. Let's get back on track. Better late than never, they do say. Um, as you are ready yourself for your sporting Saturday, we like to just remind you of what has happened overnight and in the wee early hours. Uh, we call it editor at large as we unpack all the sporting news you need to know about. We'll probably add in our unwarranted and unwanted opinion along the way. Let's go. 180-run partnership between Blundell and Mitchell. That's Tom Blundell and Daryl Mitchell has the Black Caps in control after day two of the first test against England at Lords. More thoughts from Grand Allied as this show goes on uh, on this uh, matter, especially after 12 o'clock. And from you, we do hope, on 0800-150-811. The pair um, spared New Zealand's top order blushes again. Uh, they came to the crease at 56 for the loss of four after Conway was strangled down the league side. Um, that is a cricketing term. He wasn't strangled. Um, it, it flicked his gloves as he was trying to play a pull stroke. Caught down the length side. New Zealand, um, including from this fan's perspective, I thought it was a game, set, match. Although, here we go. It's going to be over in two and a half days. Uh, but New Zealand has reached 236 for the loss of four. That is a lead of 227 runs with six wickets remaining and three days to play. Uh, earlier, the Black Caps removed England's last three wickets for just 25 runs, uh, going from 116 for seven. All out, 141. I asked this of Bruce Grant. Name the number that you are comfortable with as far as setting for England. Mm. He said 280, he? said 280. I think, you know, there's so much time in the game, it doesn't really matter. You just, you go as as big as you can in the first test because what you want to do... What number are you comfortable with as far as what England has to chase? If you only get 800, you're going to be comfortable with that, right? So what's the lead? Um, is, it, is it 280? Is it 350? Is it 400? I think yeah, you look at that 300 mark, but you've got to remember the first test, uh, f- first game of the test series, you want to break the opposition bowlers. You want them to bowl as many overs as they possibly can. So you're so, betting it to day four? Well, you bet as long as you possibly can. I mean, obviously over 400, there's enough time to get 400 lead, isn't there? Yep. Sweep the leg, according to Grant Elliott. Uh, Rafael Nadal will face a Norwegian Kasper Ruud in the French Open final, with the latter becoming the first Norwegian to reach a Grand Slam final. And Nadal reached the French Open final after his opponent, Alexander Zverev, needed to be taken off court in a wheelchair following a nasty fall. We watched it. It's not pretty. He's running to his forehand side, and of course on clay you slide, but the ankle goes, you hear the crack, you hear him go down, and he is wailing in pain. Yeah. It was really dude. It was ugly. You showed me that video three times this morning, and the more you watch it, it's just sickening watching players get injured like that. But Nadal showed a lot of uh, empathy. He I don't know if gutted. he... Was he, he gutted because the game him. didn't go on, or was he gutted because he just looks like a tennis... He's uh, such a geek. tennis geek, isn't he? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get my I didn't get my lightman in today. Just felt, I'm, a, I'm a bit underprepared for the final. It just it's felt like I was really getting into yeah. my work there. Yeah. You had to go and get injured. It was a tight one too, and, and I think you know for the tournament, it's a real shame because the first set went... 
the way of Nadal 10-8 in a tiebreak, and it was 6-all in the second. Mm. Berev was, was in it. Um, uh, Rudd beat uh, Marin Cilic, by the way, 3-6-6-4-6-2-6-2. Uh, uh, to netball, the uh, Central Pulse will host the ANZ Premiership Grand Final after consigning the Northern Mystics to a fourth straight defeat uh, with a 58-40 win uh, last evening. The two sides came into the clash level on points in second place, knowing the victor would uh, overtake the Northern Stars on goal percentage to seal the minor premiership. The Pulse will now have a week to prepare for the home final next Sunday uh, when uh, they attempt to make it three titles in four seasons. Do you remember the Pulse when they first arrived on the scene? It took them about 26 games to win a game. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to see where they were to where they are now. Mature, but it, teams have that roller coaster, don't they? It's like Everton, you know? Oh, no. Uh, you gonna, are you trying to say to me that Everton's going to win three premierships in four years? Well, what I'm comparing, yeah. There's absolutely. Yes. There, I'm comparing the There's more to chance of the Highlanders beating the Blues than that happening. Okay. Oh, and we're all tuning in for that game, yeah, aren't we? I'm, I'm willing to go that far. And lastly, finally, you know what time it is. We oh, might have to do this no. fortnightly. Um, Surely every not. Month. We're not because still. Grant's getting a little bit annoyed with this segment, uh, Ben. I'm going to have to check to see if he's actually I've got the blue tick. Oh, hit me with that romantic music. Yeah. Oh, it's Michael. It's the great man. that time of the week. It's Sean White time, baby. And boy, do we have a beauty of an update for you. And the ultimate troll as he continues to make Grant jealous, Mr. White, the flying tomato or carrot, went to the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, that's bucket list. Make our motorsport expert Grant a little bit jealous, fair to say, trying to get his eyes. Yep, there's a couple of tears streaming down. According to reports, Sean finally got... Back to Grant and uh, just sent him a photo of himself with Lewis Hamilton. And Toto. And all the earrings and necklaces that uh, Lewis could possibly get on. <laughs> Before the race. Yeah, look, he's already trawling through his account right now. Ben, you get him every week. It's not It's not true. He hasn't got back to me yet. Oh, he hasn't even he read hasn't. my message. But he's just been... We were joking. He's never going to get back to you. He's just been married. He's, you know, he's going through the honeymoon period. Give him a month or so. Give him a month or so and... To come I'm back not, to his true love. I'm not bitter. I just, just I disappoint. promise. I, I always like to back up my promises. And I promise that I get him on the show. And I'm still going to stick to that promise. Sean White will be on this show. And it will probably be in the winter. It's winter now. It's winter now, isn't it? It's just hit winter. So Autumn, winter. Give him so a you're month. Saying, are you guaranteeing Sean White will be on the program? I'm guaranteeing that. Okay. Sean White. Uh, can, can I, I, I've learned my lesson over the years. When... Do we have an end date before this will happen? Well, the end of winter. So when, when does spring start? We're expecting to get canned any week from the station, so it's, it's <laughs> got to be sooner rather than later. <laughs> Isn't it, Ben? Is well, it just me? or? Well, he's got, he's got essentially until September 1. Yes. There we go. Yeah. That's good. I like we're, it. We're, we're definitely on air through to the I like a timeline. I like a timeline. Yeah. So are you guaranteeing you will book Sean White before September? We're going to get Sean White before September 1. Big words. Um, my apologies uh, to the audience who hang in with us for the next few weeks. There's no way Sean White's appearing on the show. I think that's that's damn obvious. Uh, and to, to those who want to uh, want to know about the uh, the Reece Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition, five thousand bucks up for grab. Uh, we went from forty one contenders last week into just twenty. Yes, we lost over half of you. You know nothing. You know nothing about Super Rugby. That in week number sixteen you finally made a mistake. Shame on you. 
Yeah, betting now, against I'm Moana Pacifica, were they? being stupid, of course. So uh, 20 in the mix uh, for the 5,000 uh, New Zealand pesos, thanks to uh, Reese Plumbing. We do appreciate their support. It's 21 minutes away from 12 o'clock. We'll get back on track. This is the Saturday session. Uh, Grant didn't really answer my question. Give me a number, New Zealand cricket fans, what you are comfortable English uh, England chasing and your overall thoughts on a very topsy-turvy uh, opening couple of days at Lords. And, of course, it is uh, Super Rugby uh, Finals uh, weekend. The quarterfinals are here. Um, Justin Marshall, Grant Elliott have tipped two upsets, the biggest being the Highlanders beating the Blues. And Israel and Dag. the Canes. Israel Dag also. You went for the Highlanders, yep, just true, saying. True, but a peer pressure from you, I think, put, put him on the spot there. And also the fact that he did play for them. Okay, so you're not play. counting his... Well, okay, three. Justin Marshall, Israel Dag, and Grant Thank Elliott. You. All expecting the Blues to do a, a massive choke job later tonight. Well, not a, not the Blues choke. It's more about the Highlanders. Winning. No, it will be a choke job if you've lost to a team who has won four games all season. Half as many as the next best. The, the, the only thing, I tell you what, that is big is that Aaron Smith's out with a groin injury. Another reason why the Highlanders will not win. Yeah. 20 minutes away from 12, back after this. It is quarter to 12. Quarter to 12. Uh, coming up... In half an hour's time, roughly that, uh, Matthew Bell from the 1999 New Zealand side that won a test series in England, including winning a test match at Lords, for which Matthew Bell had the winning runs. Matthew Bell was the first player I actually met coming to Wellington. Showed me around the gym. Pretty nice met. player to be welcome to. Yep. Uh, he, he carved out an amazing career as a, a well, probably the most difficult job in cricket. Being I'd an say. opener. An opener and going to England against the Duke ball. The toughest job. So we will lift the lid on that uh, that uh, legendary side of 1999 that beats England two matches to one. Could have won a four-test match series 4-0. Uh, things uh, went their way and they didn't um, have a night watchman get 99 and chasing down 250-odd. Uh, that is still to come at about uh, quarter past 12, all part of the Saturday se- session legend segment in association with Somerset. Quotes of the week time, Grant. Week in words. Uh, I mentioned him last week. Um, and his bullishness ahead of the Champions League final. I've got to follow up on Thibaut Courtois, who backed up his words. He was man of the match in a simply stunning display, and he may. He may get a nomination for my Sleep Drops performance of the week a little bit later. Uh, I'll wait. But um, uh, it's been a bit of a bit of fallout from his comments. You might remember before uh, the final, um, he previously played in a final in 2014 with Atletico Madrid. Now he's with Real Madrid, and he said something along the lines of, this time it's different for me. I'm with Real Madrid. Um, they they win things, so I'm on the right side of the history. Uh, that didn't go down particularly well with uh, Atletico Madrid fans. Uh, did you catch this? In the aftermath of the final, which Real beat Liverpool by one goal to nil, Atletico Madrid president Enrique Chirizzo gave fans his blessing to rip out the commemorative plaque dedicated to Thibaut Courtois outside the club's home ground. Every player who's made over 100 appearances for the club is recognised with such an honour. But Chirizzo said, uh, Pumaka, if you want to remove Courtois' plaque, go with a pick and a shovel and remove it. Within hours, the fans had obliged, Grant. Uh, and it had uh, been reported that the plaque had been torn out of Atletico's Walk of Legends. So did they go and yes. rip the plaque? Did they? Well, you know, when... when when the club president is saying, go get a pick and a shovel and remove it, people are going to do it. Gee, there's some emotional people out there. Yeah. But I mean, in, in, an, in an era where professionals just change teams and 
and make comments. I mean, is there much loyalty in professional sports no, these days? So uh, he was on the Legends. He no longer is, but he's a Champions League winner, and he was brilliant over the weekend. What have you got? Oh Well, mine is probably a story with a number of quotes. So there's obviously a lot of consequences for players that are um, joining the Saudi-backed LAV Golf Invitational Series. You've yet to receive an invitation. <laughs> yeah, not the way I hit the ball. But the Telegraph in the UK reports that um, LAV uh, paid Dustin Johnson, current world number one, um, around £100 million. Just to go? $174 million to join the series. But now what's happened is... Join us for some sports, sports washing. Yep. Take 100 million quid. Well, it's gone mad, isn't it? It's, that's a tough one to turn down, I'd say. But the PGA... No, um, no, it's easy to turn down when you've already earned over 100 million dollars in your career. That's true. Yeah, how much do you need? How much do you need? How much is enough? You need another boat. Yeah. Uh, but what the PGA have said is, um, they've said, as communicated to our entire membership on May the 10th, PGA Tour members have not been authorised to participate in the Saudi Golf League's London event under PGA Tour tournament regulations. Members who violate the tournament regulations are subject to disciplinary action. And I think what they're saying, they go on to say that obviously the Ryder Cup, so they're, uh, and they're taking sponsors away as well, which was, we read, the RBC, Royal Bank of Scotland. Yeah, Royal Bank of Canada have Canada, pulled, pulled out uh, their support for... Yeah, so it's one of all, the golfers all happening. It was, I mean, just, it was Johnson, wasn't it? Yeah, they've pulled out. Johnson. They've said no, we're not going to support you because you're going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So it includes a number of players. So um, there's the two-time major winner Martin Kamer, uh, major champion Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwartzel, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, and Graham McDowell. So really fascinating to see how that evolves. And I know that you've been following that. Um, in the the first week it started, I remember there was players. Making comments, I can't wait for this. Yeah, to end. hot mic moments. Can't wait <laughs> to leave the stinking tour. Yeah, because the PGA Tour has been a terrible employer to you over the years. Yeah, it's hard to fathom, really. It is uh, hard to fathom. Kerry Packer series of golf. It, 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 you described that earlier to me off air, and I, I can see that it is the Packer Wars. Yeah. But with a, a whole heap more money. Yeah, a lot. $100 million for one golfer. Does Pounds. $100 million. Oh, man, I, I made some terrible life decisions, didn't I? Not really. You're in the Saturday I'm here with seat. you on a Saturday morning. Yeah, what a it's great. You've made some great decisions. I need a mulligan on my life. It's 10 minutes away from 12. We'll be back after this break. It is nearly five minutes away from 12 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Grant Elliott is alongside me, Daniel McCarty. Coming up in the next hour, we'll uh, have our Saturday session legends uh, segment. Uh, but we do encourage you to uh, join the program, especially uh, with our weekly giveaway. Thanks to the wonderful team at Sleep Drops. We want to know your Sleep Drops performance of the week. Might be an individual, might be a team, might be a colourful moment off the field. It might be something someone has said. Your Sleep Drops performance of the week nominations, we want to hear them now. We've got a great uh, prize pack, thanks to Sleep Drops, to give away. Uh, You can text us, double eight double three, or pick up the phone and let us know on 0800 150 811. Every caller and every text message will go into that draw. We want to know your Sleep Drops performance of the week. My nomination... My nomination before someone gets in on uh, um, 8833. Uh, Steve Alka's got to get a shout from me. It, that, guy, that guy's just rolling along happily. A- another win for him. Brilliant stuff. Thibaut Courtois, his efforts in the Champions League final, as much as it pains me. Um, what about the Boston Celtics? Seven three-pointers. Mm. Consecutive three-pointers in the fourth quarter. They got 40 points in the fourth quarter to beat the, the Warriors in game number one. There are some of my nominations. Grants to come in the next hour. And plenty from you. Double eight, double three. We'll pick up the phone. 
0800-150-811. Give us a shout. Can you clap in time? No. It is just after midday. We're into the afternoon. The lyrics might say Saturday morning, but we're now into the afternoon, the final hour of the show. This is the Saturday session. You're on it. You're on the session with Elliot. Ryan Elliott is here, present and accounted for. My name is Daniel Riccardi. We want your nominations for our Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. A couple have come through. Jai Hindley, I hope I pronounced that correctly. He, of course, is the Australian cyclist who won the Giro d'Italia, if I'm not mistaken, Grant. Yep, Having Googled correct. his name um, 20 seconds ago and actually figured out who he is. Um, as, I, as I thought... Uh, Richie from Upper Hutt, my performance of the week has to be Steve Alka to win the Seniors USPGA. The final round like that was simply magnificent. Uh, a big shout-out um, to Paul Cole uh, for not putting up with the toy throwing out of cot behaviour from his Egyptian opponent. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Richie. Keep your messages rolling in to 8833 or pick up the phone 0800-150-811. You can enter our Sleep Drops Performance of the Week competition by naming your Performance of the Week. But uh, this is an open forum. Uh, you can discuss anything. We've had plenty of thoughts from Grant on the cricket. Love to get your uh, take on that too. So, so do let us know. Get more thoughts on Grant uh, about the the rescue act of Mitchell and Blundell. And when should we be worried about Kane Williamson? That is a question I will put to Grant in just a moment because I think I'm already. I think I'm, I think I'm going down that street. G'day, Chris. Thanks for holding you with us, CNZ. Welcome to the show. Yeah. G'day, buddy. Yeah. Um, listen. Um, performance of the week. Uh, would have to be, in my mind, um, the woodchopper that won the World Wood Chopping Championships. And uh, he's a farmer from down south, Jack, somebody or other, in Europe. He went and he won, during the week, he won the uh, Wood Chopping Championships. World Wood Chopping. Um, beat the Americans and, uh, yeah, amazing. Uh, what, what, what was, it, was it overall or was it the a, a, a specific task? Yeah, it was uh, four four sets of uh, like um, under underhand chop. Uh, the one was the uh, you know the you be you climb up and chop and put the boards in, and the others like oh and um, cross cut saw, all in um, fifty eight seconds he did, um, and beat the reigning champion who'd been. Well, I was a champion for about the last 10 years. Uh, yeah, so probably... Um, Jack Jordan. Jack Jordan, the 26-year-old. Tom Renui. Yeah. It took out, um, took out the prize. I see a great photo of him holding the, the huge trophy above his head um, alongside whoever came second and third. They look like they could be the back row for South Africa. And, and for the Springboks. They are big men, aren't they? Well, he is. He's a former yeah. lock from the Taranaki Bulls. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah I, was, I was just blown away by it, yeah. Um, well, that's fantastic, Chris. And considering Grant Elliott has a number of tasks that he needs to do for SCNZ, I could see him going up um, and doing some wood chopping. I, I think I think it would uh, fit Grant quite nicely, Chris. You'd watch that if we, if we uh, slapped a GoPro on him? Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Audience um, of one. Oh, just, just quickly, uh, don't write the Highlanders off. They... They played the blues a few times and there's only been a try or so in it. Um, I, I'm going with them tonight. While I'm writing them off, Chris, Evan and I, I've been rather dismissive of uh, of the Highlanders. I don't think they'll be climbing to the top of the mountain this time around. You know what? Uh, I'd hope I'm wrong. And I can't wait 
to be wrong if that's the case. And if Grant and Marsh should laugh at me all next week, that would be absolutely fine. Thanks so much for your yeah, time, Chris. Great call. Thanks, Thanks a lot, buddy. Chris. Yeah, I like that. See, I, I hadn't even heard that news. No, but that, I mean, I've... Look at the size of those Googled units. It. Yeah, no, he's a big unit. But also the fact that he's an ex-rugby player, I think we've got to get him on the show. Jack Jordan, great name. That's the, the name of a uh, clothing company as well. Is Jack, it? No, it's Jack Jones, Jack Jones. But um, looking at... The, the grueling competition showed Jordan come out on top, defeating the world champion Joseph Lentz in the final in front of a crowd of 3,000 screaming Austrians. Well, they, we all know the Austrians are mad, so that would have been, that would have been interesting. But they use electric chainsaws, don't they, in this competition, and then they use that massive saw well, grinder. I thought you were New Zealand's leading wood-chopping expert. Uh, expert. Well, I am, but I didn't well, hear mate, about that, this Well, mate, that's probably more a Ben Francis thing, mm. because he's the only one who is a licensed uh, driver for diggers on the show, isn't he? Darts and wood-chopping. Darts and wood-chopping. <laughs> if you've got a v- mental image of Ben right now, you're correct. <laughs> what chopping? Do you want to add that to your specialty? No, thank you. No, no, he's passing. <laughs> he's passing. He's a, bit, he's a little bit filthy. I would like to do wood chopping though. I'm going to add it to my list of things to do. Sculling. I like the one where they chop, chop a couple of holes and they slap the plank in, and then they got to climb up. And oh, and again, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be good. Sport of the future. Fifty-eight seconds. We've only got. Um, Concentration spans these days of the youth for about six seconds, so 58-second job, and we're just watching it now. Oh, you've got to cut the little slivers yeah. off yeah. with a chainsaw. Start with the chainsaw and then run across, pick up the axe between the legs. Uh, between the legs. Oh, I'd chop my shoe off there. No, you would. <laughs> the legs you, you, would, you would definitely lose a foot. I would like to Jeez, do this. Jeez, gone one. through that quick. Jack Jordan. Now the single saw. That's powering. the one I was He's thinking powering. of. The lactic acid building up in his shoulders. The manual sword. Oh, he's, he's got a good l- second lead on Lentz, who looks like Herman Munster's long-lost brother, doesn't he? Oh, he's a southpaw, Jack Jordan, as well. Oh. He's a southpaw. Oh, had nice. A, had a few problems right at the end, but got home to win by about six or seven seconds as Lentz looked to spent force at the end of it. What a nomination. <laughs> what a great nomination. We're all about the wood chopping here on the program, seven minutes after 12 o'clock. Blundell and Mitchell, unlikely heroes for New Zealand, Grant? Uh, no, I think Blundell's done it before. I mean, remember that, that 100 he scored as an opener um, at the MCG. Anyone that can do that in front of 100,000 people um, has got something special about him. And I think he's carving out a really, really impressive career as a, a wicketkeeper batsman. And everyone was sort of questioning his inclusion in the team when I was in the commentary box for, for Spark, but he's actually performed extremely well. He's going for his third hundred. Yes, it's 26 innings. He struggled in India. Yeah, but everyone struggles in India. Yeah. Um, and but, then, but, but, no, but what I mean is people have coloured their, their opinion of him have been coloured yeah. by that. Yeah. When I don't think it's his strength anyway. No, no. I, but I think like someone that can wicket keep and have a batting career that he's currently has, it's only going to get better and better. And with B.J. Watling, he's, he's got some big shoes to fill. Daryl Mitchell, I mean, Daryl Mitchell hasn't really put a foot wrong every time he's played. He's always done something special. And I think what he's trying to do is probably compete against the likes of, you know, Colin de Grandhomme. If he can get his bowling, um, improve that considerably, I think he's first choice in terms of being an all-rounder. But um, the fact that you've got the likes of him and Colin de Grandhomme playing, Daryl Mitchell's playing more as a batter. Um, 
he, he's done exceptionally well. And he's got that drive to try and create a space for himself. Remember, Henry Nichols is out. So with Henry Nichols out, this gives him an opportunity to show Gary Stead and, and Kane Williamson. And How can you drop anyone who scores 100 at Lords? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that, that will be the interesting one in the next test, will it? Because Henry Nichols will be ready. He was touch and go for this one. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there because Daryl Mitchell, pretty much every time he's come in, he got that 100 at um, Christchurch um, where I think it was against Bangladesh where Kane Williamson was looking to declare and keep going on and on. But he, he seems to, to perform every time he's put in a position opened in the T20 uh, World Cup, which was a surprise. And I didn't think he, he should have been in that position, but did extremely well and was probably one of our players of the tournament. So... Um, he's impressive, and he's obviously got the mental uh, aptitude that you need at that level. So exciting player and future, and it shows once again the depth that we've we've got as a team. Um, but I think your question is, is, Kane Williamson, should we be worried about? Yeah, well, I mean, that's should we? He, he's picked up two off twenty-two balls in the first innings, then fifteen off thirty-four. Nick outside off stump early in your innings can happen. He gets out playing one of his money shots in the second. Uh, that back foot punch, healthy edge taken at third slip, I think, by Bearstow. So that's a return of just 17 runs in this test match. In the warm-up game, he got naught. Then the games prior to that, OK, they're all T20, but scores of 8 not out, 9-0-4. 47 on the 1st of May. Uh, four, uh, 5 uh, as we go into April. 16 not out, 3 and 7. So he has one score over... 20 since halfway through April. He's hardly played a lot of tests over the last couple of years. Form is temporary, class is permanent. Isn't that the... Should I not be worried? I don't think he can be worried with someone like Kane Williams. Can I not be worried about his workload and the 31-year-old? So I not think... playing to his 40? I do think that you... Should... I selfishly want us to see in the test game? Yeah. I, I, I think that we want to see Kane Williamson playing until he's 40. We would love to do that. You think of the likes of Tendulkar... Someone like Jacques Callis. Um, Callis ended his career scoring 100. Even Brendan McCullum. How old was Brendan when he finished? 36? And we probably... We, as far as Tierston might have been a little bit younger. Yeah, maybe younger. And we felt like we could have got another two years out of him. And I think that this is what... With IPL, players are retiring earlier because they can do less for more. Um, let's be honest. And they don't have to go through the rigours of test cricket. Kane Williamson's young. And I think for the longevity of the game, it would be great if he wasn't captaining because he wouldn't have the, the, the stresses of captaincy. So you'd just like him to focus on his batting in, in not all formats. You, are you saying maybe the T20 captaincy? Yeah, well, What's, I think... That's, how many T20 internationals does he actually play? Of course, at world tournaments, he will. And he'll probably captain them through to the next one. Well, they have split the captaincy, which I like. I like the fact that, you know, Southie's been T20 captain. Then you've got Latham, who's got captaincy experience now. You could, I think that you, you ask Kane, what do you want to do? Which format would you like to captain? Just give him one format. Split the captaincy between three captains. Get another selector involved so that a captain doesn't have an overriding vote in terms of selection because that's another hindrance. I think you just, you know, Gary Stead plus two selectors. There's your three people get a unanimous vote there, and the captain gets given the squad that they that is selected by them. That's their job. Whereas I think, you know, since the Brennan McCullum era, I think the captain has had a vote 
in terms of who gets selected for tours. Why give that to the captain? Sure, the captain, you know, sometimes it's nice to have the, the players that they want in the field, but I think the captain's got to be good enough to deal with the, the squad he's given. And then that takes pressure off the captains. The rigours of international cricket gets spread between the likes of a Saudi Latham and a, a Kane Williamson. Kane can just worry a test or one day, whichever one he wants to do. I think he has got the right to, um, or be given the right to, to choose now with the experience he, he has. And we want to see him playing for as long as possible because he will end up as being New Zealand's best batter um, that we've ever had. So pump the brakes. Relax, man. Yeah. Relax. Yeah, take time off. It's okay. It's okay, Daniel. Don't get too wound up. Kane's going to be fine. He will be fine. Um, and does AJS Patel get his first test wicket away from home? Oh. test. Yeah, I forgot about that. And obviously AJS wasn't picked in the test series here. And, you know, it turned a few heads. And it wasn't in the squad after his 10 for. So um, I, I think he does. I think AJ's Patel does. Such an oddity, isn't it? Yet yeah. to take a test wicket away from home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, at home. It's at home. At home, at home. At home. Of course he's going to take one away from home. He's yeah. already taken 10 in an innings. Yeah. Sorry, I misspoke there. Um, but it'll be interesting um, to see if that ever happens. And hopefully we can see him, um, you know, getting the ball to turn maybe here on day number three. Play will resume later tonight. And, of course, uh, we at SENZ will have ball-by-ball coverage uh, with Adam Collins, Jeremy Coney, and the rest of the crew. Fantastic to hear them live and uninterrupted from uh, Lords. Uh, play to resume with New Zealand having a very handy lead and 227. I want to know the number um, that you New Zealand cricket fans are comfortable with uh, setting England to chase. Uh, Grant said around about 300. You'll probably breathe a little bit easy, but uh, text us on double eight double three because that might be the best way from now on in because we've got uh, a, a chocker last at 35 minutes 45 minutes on this show, uh, starting off with our Legends segment. Uh, we'll uh, check in and relive um, and find out. Go under the hood of the 1999 New Zealand side that toured England and won a Test Series 2-1, including winning at Lords. Uh, Matthew Bell hit the winning runs at Lords on that day, and the New Zealand opening batsman, former New Zealand opening batsman, will join us. All part of our Saturday session Legends segment here on SENZ in association with Somerset. Think legendary care. Think Somerset Retirement Villages, the Saturday Session Legends, the 1999 Black Caps are up next. Almost 20 minutes after 12 o'clock, this is the Saturday Session. Grant Elliott is alongside me, Daniel McCarty, and each and every Saturday uh, we welcome in a legend as we look at a legendary career, a team, a season, a moment. And with the Black Caps currently playing England at Lords, full commentary right here on SENZ uh, throughout the duration of that series, uh, we thought we'd... Uh, Lift the hood on on, a, on a, two, a previous New Zealand side who went and had success. The 1999 side certainly uh, did stick out. Just the second New Zealand side to win a tour in England, winning at two matches to one in a four-test match series, Grant. Four-test match series, and New Zealand's best cricketers lived in England that year. There was the Cricket World Cup in May and June, and as that was uh, ramping up, I, I think uh, the uh, touring party of New Zealand started uh, their build-up games for the first of four test matches. We even got four test matches against England. In fact, I, I think uh, the New Zealand cricket side wearing whites spent about three months in the UK. Oh, times have changed, Grant. Three months in the UK, playing warm-up games. There was a World Cup. There was names like Matthew Bell, who we're going to speak to shortly, Stephen Fleming, Nathan Astle, Roger Twos, your ones and twos, Craig McMillan, who rang the bell at Lords this morning, Dan Vittori, Adam Perori, Chris Cairns, Dion Nash, and Jeff Allett. So if you remember... The name, just a few. Those days... 
Um, pretty good side. And it was a pretty good side. It was an excellent side. And they Some real characters there. And did extremely well. And uh, it's our honour to welcome into our league, Legend segment Matthew Bell, um, who was there on tour. It's a fresh-faced individual. I'm not sure he had any stubble back in those days, Belly. Pre- pretty young, green, a greenhorn uh, for that tour. Yeah, welcome to the show. Very, very Thanks, Les. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I bring back some great memories there already. Um, yeah, I was fresh-faced. Uh, sort of gone over there on tours, really just as a as a replacement um, after the, the World Cup that you mentioned. And the boys did really well. They're making the semi-finals. I think to, to get beaten the game by Pakistan, which is a bit of a bugger. But um, yeah, joined joined the crew there for the for the Test series. And yeah, after losing the first Test, I was fortunate enough to then get selected for the for the second one and and, and the third and fourth. So. Ended up um, going over as I suppose as a as a reserve player, but ended up playing three three out of four Test matches, which was a, an awesome experience. Belly, let's talk let's talk about the warm up games. Um, obviously, the World Cup was going on, I presume, at that that stage. But there was four warm up games: yeah, Durham, Worcestershire, Glamorgan, Gloucestershire, British Universities, and Somerset. All bef- before, and, and we don't Six. expect you to break down every single one of those games, uh, uh, Matt, but it's, it's in stark contrast to modern-day cricket where it's just turn up and play a test, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was good, a good old-school sort of um, tour, really, and, and especially because the guys have been there for, for over a month with the World Cup, too, so it was a long long time for them um, that, that have been, been involved in, in the World Cup, too. So, But for likes of myself and, and a few of the other guys who hadn't had much cricket, it was imperative that we sort of got over there and and uh, got some cricket under our belt and especially as a batter too, going over there and facing the, the Duke ball which does a, a lot more for a, for a lot longer in, in English conditions and to get used to that was uh, was in, in paramount to, to actually just find your feet as, as a batter um, and, and and yeah I think it paid, paid off and, and worked in our benefit because uh, throughout the, the, the series um, we got better and better with the, with the bat and, and scored some um, some handy contributions, um, 200, 300 sort of, sort of runs in, in, in innings, which is um, always going to be competitive in those conditions over there. Uh, Belly, Belly, before we get on to the touring side of things, which um, I'm going to ask you more in-depth questions about, because that's what I really loved, was the stuff outside of the, the game of cricket. You mentioned we got better and better with the bat. How important is it to have these warm-up games to adapt to English conditions? Because you've got the Duke ball, it seems around, and we saw a terrible start with uh, the Black Caps. I mean, that must be gold, where you've got six first-class games leading up to the Test matches. Yeah, it certainly is, Grant. Um, I guess uh, it's hard to fit everything in now with uh, how much cricket has been played internationally and and even with all the um, IPR and the franchise or sort of cricket to fit everything in, into a calendar, I, I suppose the way around it is guys are finding um, uh, their, their, their feet by actually playing for, for counties over there now, which is um, really beneficial to A, um, just learn your trade and play more cricket, um, but B, just obviously get, get used to their, their, their conditions. So someone like Will Young's been over there um, you know, early season, so I expect him to sort of find find his feet fairly, fairly quickly. Um, and you know, others are actually played a fair bit of county stuff now, so I suppose that's why they're sort of finding a way around it. But it, it, they did look a little bit, bit, bit green going into their that, that first uh, uh, innings at, at, at Lords on, on, on day one. Um, but again, just probably the, the occasion too of, of playing at such a iconic sort of um, venue too, and. 
Um, yeah, look, uh, facing Gordon Anderson is, is no mean feat too because they're highly skillful sorts of bowls too. And obviously England sort of fielded well and, and, and caught court well and that sort of uh, yeah, just compounded there from, I suppose, previous uh, game too where they unfortunately uh, capitulated um, in, in that last innings losing losing their, their last warm-up game but um, yeah it's it is crucial just to you know even for bowlers just to find some rhythm um, out in the middle um, and, mm. and, and new, new conditions with, with bat and ball just finding, yeah. finding your feet out, out in the middle is crucial. Now, Bally, uh, one of the, uh, some of my best memories uh, uh, touring England was being in the bus. So you go everywhere by bus because it probably takes just as long getting to the airport and spending hours there preparing to, to fly somewhere. So you have your team bus. You would have been fresh-faced, probably a little bit anxious, all the senior players in the back of the bus. So I remember that was what happened when I arrived, and you'd sort of just try and find your place somewhere in the front. There's people playing cards. There's TVs going. What was it like? What was the atmosphere like uh, being on that bus for a good three months leading up to the Test Series? Yeah, you do, do spend a bit of time on the road, no, down, down down the main highways there. Um, yeah, the bus, bus ride is always, always good fun, good good time to either sort of chill out and relax. Um, it was definitely a big card school, though, between sort of uh, the Flemings, Macmillans, uh, um, <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, um, Chris Harris, they, they, and Nathan S were probably the main main four. Did you get fleeced? I, I Did play, they fleece you? I, I managed to play, play a couple of couple of games, but they're, they're pretty well scored. I'm not too sure if there was a little bit of skullduggery sort of cheating going on because they always sort of took my money. But um, yeah, it was yeah, I was about to say, like, and your per diems wouldn't right. have been particularly high back then. Your per, per diems sucked up by the Canterbury mob. Yeah, I suppose uh, a, a little bit, but um, I, was, I was prepared to sort of um, uh, pay a little bit to actually just rub shoulders with them and, and, and get some more uh, hang time with them and, and, and ask a few questions. I don't know while we're playing, but a but a bit of cards. Um, so it was a pretty pretty nice way to sort of sort of hang out with them and, and get a get a feel for um, the, the team environment on on the bus and just stay really connected um, and and, yeah. and be a real tight knit. Um, team, so I think that sort of shone. Well, was it a tight knit team? Was it a what? Was it a serious bunch of guys? A, a jovial group? How would you describe them? Because there are some really storied names in that team. Yeah, well, a lot of them obviously uh, in that sort of Canterbury sort of sort of setup. So they 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 knew uh, each other uh, really really well, um, and and the rest of them sort of been playing cricket uh, together for, for for a long time. You throw in sort of Nash and Rory, and um, there's a couple of fresh faced. Uh, along with myself and Dan Vittori, who's so uh, played a bit of cricket by that time, but still was all re- really young, um, and, and Craig McMillan, that who had sort of all played sort of age group cricket together or against each other. Um, so yeah, the, the the team actually bonded really well. We we actually had a massive massive um, lead up into it just on uh, on the home front. Really, we had sort of Gilbert and Noka sort of drill us in, in around. Um, setting out our values and, and, and what we want to try and uh, achieve, you know, and what was in front of them. And that's when uh, B2B being better than before sort of sort of uh, was, was, was dreamed up of and, and, and became our mantra um, uh, and putting a little bit of a, um, a theme and a motto to it, you know, carpe diem about seizing the day. Um, mm. So there was some, 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 a lot of groundwork was done, set up um, at home and a lot of the camps and that that we, we had down in Christchurch together before we actually went over there. And you could just see it sort of come to fruition um, when, the, when the pressure came on. Guys actually really 
uh, look at, uh, yeah, put their hands up and said, "Hey, I want to be part of this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna lead from the front." We won't go over every single test. Don't have enough time. Matthew Bell is with us as we look at uh, the 1999 Black Caps that won a series in England, including winning at Lords. But went to Lords after losing the first test. You didn't seize the day. There was no carpe diem in that first test. Uh, you should have won it. You're up by 100 runs after the first innings. Uh, you get skittled for just 107. I think there were five scores of naught and one in that. Um, and then Alex Tudor, batting as a night watchman, gets 99 not out and helps England get home actually really comfortably in the end. 211 for three to win by seven wickets. I'm sure the side were cursing themselves after that. Roger Tooze had to open. I think he got a pair. Sorry to say that, Tuzi. And you get you get the call up, Matthew, for a test at Lords. Your head must be going a million miles an hour. The team's probably really ropeable and grumpy after the first test, and you've got you've got to play what I think only your third or fourth test. What, what do you remember of the build up to that? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. I suppose they they. Sort of or um, how Artuzzi had played and they were in the World Cup and in the middle order, so I thought you know they could get more benefit from him moving down after, like you say, him missing out in that first test. So it gave me the opportunity. Um, I suppose I was fortunate I'd been to Lords uh, as a as a young scholar, so I sort of had a, a little bit of affiliation to the, to, to the ground, but still you're never quite prepared for what uh, what it's like at a test match sort of sort of level. Um, yeah, and, and there's, there's a whole lot of things sort of racing through your mind, but um, when you're sort of strong uh, in, in your routines, I suppose once you, you walk out there and take guard and face the first ball, you sort of just start focusing on one 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 ball at a time and and uh, batting batting just to your your strengths. And um, yeah, fortunately, you know, I suppose my role there was really to try and try and nullify that new ball so I could set up for what you know we had a really strong middle to to, to lower order. When you go through it, and you got sort of um, you know Nathan Astle and Roger Tews and Craig McMillan and Adam Prory, Chris Keynes, Nash, you know it's um, Daniel Vittori. We we had a, a real good long long batting batting order. Um, so if I if I could do my job at the top with with Matthew Horn, then um, yeah, uh, and that's what I managed to do in that, in that first test. I think we put on just over forty, um, and then the first innings and that sort of set up nicely, so we could score three hundred and fifty eight. Um, um, and, the, and the first first innings against uh, against England at Lords and that set us up for for, for victory really uh, on the back of some some fine bowling performance from our bowlers. Yeah, it was interesting, Billy. Looking back at that, so England won the toss, chose to bat, which we were actually you know, surprised that New Zealand did the same. And I know Daniel's twenty twenty two brought out some stats, yeah, about the team uh, winning the toss and batting. It doesn't doesn't look too good. They only scored one hundred and eighty six, and as you alluded. You got 358, set up a great store, great uh, foundation to win the test match. But in the second innings, what was the feeling going in? You obviously only needed 60 to win. Um, you wanted to carry your bat in that situation. You and Matt Horn go out. Um, what? Explain to our listeners what it's like walking through that pavilion. Because I've done it in one-day cricket. I've never done it in tests. Through the members' lounge, you're going in to win a test match for New Zealand. What was the feeling like, and um, uh, I guess the atmosphere in that members' lounge? Yeah, there's. I mean, it's still even more butterflies, I suppose, because you sort of you do want to be be out there, um, uh, you know, getting the team across across the line. Um, and, and there's just a little bit of hint of rain, sort of, sort of, around too, and, and we're sort of a little bit of looking up. 
above, you know, the overcast conditions, she's want to sort of try and make sure that doesn't come into play. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a few, few, few nerves around between uh, Maddie Horn and, uh, and myself, just listening around, let's, <laughs> let's sort of get this job done. And because Horn had already scored 100, his, his eyes are yeah. in, and he actually managed to, 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 to whack a few quickly, which sort of calmed the nerves down. Um, but, yeah, just to walk down through that um, that pavilion uh, is, you know, where it's sort of steeped in history with so many great players that have gone through it. And just the, there's like a nice little humming, buzz, buzzing sort of sound with all the members as you go through, and they politely give you, you know, a, a little bit of applause as you, as you, as you go down um, and walk down the steps and onto the ground. And there's, there's a nice... Uh, old chap there opening up the gate for you saying you know all, all the best and good good luck today um, <laughs> and say thank you sir and, and, and you're walking out there and um, yeah uh, again it's just it's just the buzz and it's just it's just the you just know that everyone's um, really aware of of uh, what's at stake but also just that things are so good at um yeah. Uh, applauding and being receptive to you know, good cricket, and uh, I suppose they, they were aware that we'd never won there before, and and how what an historic sort of occasion it was going to be for us if we could knock off the sixty runs, which which we managed to do, and it was awesome to be out there with you know the captain at the other end, Stephen Fleming, um, you know, and and then to walk off, I think was was even even more. Um, uh, just uh, rewarding because you know. Well, it's a hugely around. significant moment in New Zealand cricket history, Matt, isn't it? Winning a Test at Lords for the very first time—you go on and you win the series, which makes it even sweeter. But winning at that storied place—did you celebrate much, or was that job not yet done? Did Did you guys let your hair down at Lords? Did you? Yeah, we we, we definitely did. Um, simply because you know, again. They went back to back sort of um, tests, you know. So, so you had a had a county game in, in between, and you're on the road again. So there's a little bit of time to actually unwind and, and really revel in, in your successes, yeah, and enjoy it, which was awesome. So, yeah, I mean to get down the other end and sort of raise a bat to the lads who are sort of all clapping and cheering on the, on the balcony, which you know is super small. You can normally only really fit comfortably four or five people there, and that, you know the whole team's trying to get out there and and be be, be part of the occasion. And then I just sort of remember again, sort of. Getting down to the arena and sort of looking up, I was all right, see if I can have a stunt, you know, in the meantime and that sort of stuff. And oh, you're just, too nice. He's back, too nice. Yeah, walking back up the up the, the pavilion and then just on the um, outside of the sort of our changing room, you can hear the, the noise and the and, and the cheering from, from the lads. And then we, you know, open up the door ourselves and walk in there and then it just goes up another level again and everyone's just sort of, you know, high-fiving and clapping and hugging and, yeah, and then you're yeah, playing of tans of foster and, um, spraying about and it was yeah it was it was it was awesome um, occasion obviously and, and and history is made but even just uh, hanging around for ages and ages afterwards and, and seeing all the um, Kiwis you know get in front of the pavilion and one one guy actually uh, clambered up the drain pipe and got a got a can of Fosters off us and went down and and, and scaled oh, brilliant. Of us, you know. <laughs> There's all these sort of uh, little things that sort of, sort of happen afterwards. Yeah, and we started up a bit of a tradition too. Um, the, the dirt trackers or the guys who didn't, didn't play the game, once everything had sort of left and there's only security guards there, they went down onto the ground and pretended to uh, warm up for a rugby test match. So they were doing their line-out drills and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, drills and backline and that sort of stuff. And then they turned around and, they, and then they did the hucker for us, which was, you know, pretty, pretty special too. Although it's quite funny That's watching some special. of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the Ross sort of... Uh, Bally, I, rem- I remember going to... 
your house yeah. and um, you, you we certainly had a lot of festive moments uh, barbecues at your house you're a very good celebrator but I do remember that you had a, a photo of you hitting the winning runs at Lords with the scorecard but do you still have the stump yeah 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 um, it's 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 pretty pretty good. got sort of three 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 stumps um, sort of first test match against India and that's that's definitely out the other one um, with Lords um so yeah, just uh, I mean, awesome. you do end up with, with with lots of sort of memorabilia, but there's there's always uh, two or three things that I suppose stand out to you, um, and that's definitely definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. How the series rolled on after that historic win at Lords, uh, you could have easily won the third test. I think you're all over them. I think the side got close to 500. Bell makes 80. I think there were hundreds there too to a couple of other players. England struggled to get over 200, and I think rain interrupted that one. And then it goes to the fourth and final test. It's all on the line. And it sort of it mirrors the first test in a lot of ways, didn't it? Bally, it was a low-scoring sort of dramatic test throughout. What are your memories? And we've only got about two minutes. What are your memories of yep. that, um, that that last one? Um, oh, yeah, the superhuman Chris Kens, of course, just in a remarkable series overall. Uh, to, to finally win in England, what are your memories? Uh, yeah, just, just that the pressure got ramped up from, from both teams. I mean... Um, it was obviously all, all or nothing, and and to go down to to the last day where you know they needed you know what 160 70 sort of thing to 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 get across the line. We still needed you know seven or eight wickets sort of stuff. And I just remember sort of being in the in the um, back of the hotel the the night night before of that that last last day, and they sort of caught us in, which is we've never done before sort of thing during that tour. And just obviously it was a special special last day sort of moment, and sort of went around the room. Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to sort of get these last wickets and, and you know create some history here? And just remember, someone like Dion Nash was down. Look, give me the ball. I want it. I'm going to do it. And Nat and Kenzie did the same thing. And from that, you know, the rest of us just sort of gathered around those sort of um, experienced yeah. players. And yeah, was pretty fizzed up the, the next morning. And, and while they sort of batted, reason why I to start off with as soon as we got that first wicket, and we just again got on a bit of a roll. And um, yeah, that, um, just everything sort of went, went went away, and it was it was just one of those things that was meant to be. But again, just the euphoria of actually doing it and, and achieving it, something special with the, the crowd running onto the ground and um, yeah, uh, sharing that moment with with uh, well, it have been a, a huge huge tour for some of those guys dating back from the World Cup to you know three months later and, and doing something historic like that was just absolutely phenomenal. Oh well, Belly. Honestly, you you are a fantastic player for New Zealand, and it's great to be able to recall this moment with with you because there's certain players that don't actually have those amazing no, memories in their career. All. And um, you know, to to win at Lords, hit the winning runs, but be on that tour for as long as you were, and um, for our listeners to actually hear from your perspective what that was like and relive that again um, is absolutely um, brilliant. So th- thanks a lot for for having uh, for being on the show with us. And um, we look forward to having you again soon as one of our SENZ uh, friends of the show. Yeah, appreciate it, lads. And let's hope the Black Caps can, can get up and, and have another win there for the next couple of days at Lords because they've fought back nicely. Absolutely. So, uh, it's awesome to share those stories again with uh, some, some other Black Caps who have won there at Lords. Yeah, well said, Matthew Bell. Do appreciate your time. Part of the 1999 side that won at Lords and won the series two matches to one against England. We do hope in 2022 uh, history does 
repeat, although I don't want England to get one. I'm utterly selfish. I want McCallum to be on the donut after three test matches. Thank you very much. Our coverage, our Saturday Session Legends segment uh, with Somerset. Think new friends, new laughs, and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages, somerset.co.nz. The Good Oil team, um, it will be a good time, not a long time with them. We'll preview what's coming up on this show because it's already 19 away from one. We're uh, probably in trouble with Clado because we're very late getting to him. Oh, um, he, he gets he is, so angry, Clado. Oh, he's very important, he? mate. It's really angry. When, when, when you're propping up the bank balance of the station, like they are, mate, we, we don't want to interrupt his, his preparation. Hello, Clado. Hello, Clado. I'm sorry, Clado. How are you today? Sir? Hello, Dan. Hello, Grant. No, I'm not angry at all. Oh, good. Well, I'm just waiting here calm. in anticipation for Grant's selection for the day. So we've got, we got a winner to back. Okay, well, uh, without any further ado, Grant Elliott's bold prediction for the Nags today is what? Why Why on earth would you ask for my prediction, uh, Clayton? Because you, you you you've been listeners. banging on about how good your picks have been the last yeah, couple of weeks. Point. We're still oh. going on about subtle point, aren't you? Oh, oh hey. that's right. Uh. That's right. I did. I picked a horse last week, didn't I? And it, and it came in. It no, about three it. years ago, but you keep talking about it. Yeah, paid $8, <laughs> bold, don't you? Yeah, boys, so hey, we're off to Avondale today, and the Whanganui meeting has been transferred to the beautiful, picturesque Waverley. So some good racing down there today. We've got the Castletown Stakes. Of course, he was one of the greatest of all times, Castletown. And mm-hmm. uh, the Wait for Age race that uh, now transferred to Waverley. So, boy, they're t- talking up just ask me, but I think Secret Amour is going to be hard to get past. I think she's the one. And uh, speaking of the one, uh, which people do you have alongside you? Today we have uh, the boss of BGP, Luke Kimmies. So looking forward to getting Luke on board and have plenty of information what's coming up on BGP. And don't tell Trackside, but we've stolen their best host, Philippa Morris. Ah, brilliant. So they're looking for (laughs) that. That is a lineup. We've got her. We've got her here on the good order. Fantastic. Have a great show, Clado, to appreciate it. Thanks, Clado. Good luck. Thanks. He doesn't need luck, mate. He doesn't need luck. You need luck. Well, I, mate, I'm one from one. I've given, I've given the good oil one tip. What about all the other in. tips that you've given them that never came in? No, no, no. Those are sporting tips, which I would one run from, away okay, from, especially okay. after last week. All right. It's 12 and a half minutes away from one o'clock. Uh, you've got about three minutes to get your uh, nominations in for the Sleep Drops Performance of the Week uh, before we uh, dish out uh, the uh, winners. Um, in the end, I begrudgingly, I wanted to give it, I didn't want to give it to Thibaut Courtois, and I bailed out. I gave it to the Boston Celtics for seven straight three-pointers mm. to start the fourth quarter, I think it was. You um, haven't even asked me about my sleep drops performance well, I'm asking week. you now, Grant. I, th- I think it's going to be the Highlanders to beat the Blues. I'm, I'm pre- preempting your performance of the week. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So it's already happened in yep. your mind. Yeah. What was the score? Uh, 24-18. Okay. Yeah. Well done to the Highlanders. So try New Zealand sleep drops for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. Yeah, big thanks to sleep drops for the uh, sleep drops prize and, pack. And to Justin Marshall you and Israel Bag for to supporting improve, the Highlanders. Improve your performance. <laughs> and obviously, Justin Marshall and Grant Hill didn't get a bit bad last night, didn't have their sleep drops. Uh, our sporting tips you need to run a mile from to finish the show after this. That is me. Now I'm Daniel. He's Grant. Thank you, Mark, who checks in on double eight double three. I nominate the umpires for the tested lords, lifting those arms 17 times on day number one. 17 wickets on the first day. Winning the toss and batting first as well. Well, it's going to prove ultimately successful. It's time for our sporting punts. You should probably run a mile from. 
I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down on my Blues' confidence to beat the Highlanders. It's it's 13 plus. You only get it. Oh, 13 plus. Yeah, 13 plus What's Blues beat the Highlanders. Oh, I don't really care because it's, it's money matter. for jam, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'm also going the Black Caps. I'm, I'm so torn because the weather's a little bit indifferent in London, but <laughs> I'll say the Black Caps will win that test paying $1.41. $1.41, it's still paying. So I think that's about two bucks if you want to multi those up. So they're, they're the two I'm confident about this weekend. Well, the interesting thing is last week, we, we have specialists on these shows. Specialists, and I went with the specialists. I went for Melbourne City to beat Western United. This is last week's one. Yep. Then I went for Liverpool to beat Real Madrid. Ugh. And I went for the Celtics to beat, the, sorry, yes, the Celtics to beat the Heat. In and game number? In number six, I think it was. Six. And Ben Francis, our producer extraordinaire, he said, I'm going to go against everything that Grant Elliott um, has bet for. And, and, how did that, and how did that go for you, Ben Francis? And he would have been absolutely spot on. Am I right, Ben? Oh, All three I, of those that the, I predicted. I made, made a lot of coin, just put it that way. Yeah. Thanks to you, Grant Elliott. So what I'm going to do Grant today, effect. I'm going to go almost against the grain. Okay. And, and I'm going for all of those that are not favorites in the rugby Ooh. today. So if you, you go for, you multi up the Waratahs with the Highlanders, because we've set Justin Marshall and Israel Dagg mm. said that they're going to win, including myself, and the Hurricanes, you'll return $64.80. So I just put on $20 and I'll get a return of $1,296. What's it paying? $64.80. $64 in a multi to t- the Waratahs to beat the Chiefs, Highlanders to beat the Blues, and the Canes to beat the Brumbies. And it's finals footy, so anything is possible. Okay. Ben Francis, do you have one for us? Well, I'm going to use the exact same method I used last week. I'm going to go... Which means he has not prepared one, and he's just going to go the opposite. Well, it worked last week, and it's probably going to work again this week. You know what, Ben? It makes perfect sense to me, my friend. (laughs) I I think that's a very wise decision. And finally, one of us is engaging our brain. When it comes to our sporting <laughs> punch. And no, Brian. We, we do warn you, though, these are the sporting punch you probably should run a mile from. So don't blame Grant Elliott that he had a stinker last week and he had a bagel. Naught, naught, naught. And no, Brian, I'm not taking mushrooms. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You sucked last week, didn't you, mate? I did. But I've got a number right. Subtle point. You're welcome, Clado. The good oil. My thanks to Grant. My thanks to Ben. My thanks to everyone. Bong and prosper team. Thanks, listeners. Good all's up next to actually answer. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91